It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. This episode is brought to you by Folgers Coffee. You're not just any coffee drinker. You're a Folgers Coffee drinker. Because for over 170 years, Folgers has been serving up expertly crafted brews that are bold, never bougie. And now there's over 20 varieties to choose from. Damn good coffee roasted in New Orleans. Damn right, it's Folgers. Visit FolgersCoffee.com slash coffee to shop now. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. ¿Qué pasa, churros y tácticas, campeones? And welcome to a churros y tácticas podcast. It is Tuesday, the 10th of November. I was going to say Monday. We're, of course, recording this on a Tuesday. And joining me here is Kian Sobani to break down all of La Liga's action. And forgive me if I'm not overly enthusiastic today, but uh, despite the, can we call it, big Barça win and the massive Real Madrid loss, I'm not really in the mood of celebrating anything today, Kian. Uh, the news is hit. Ansu Fati will be out for four, five months, maybe less. Let's not push it with the youngster. It's bad news for Barca. It's, of course, bad news for Madrid. And despite the win, we c- it just shows that we still cannot be overly enthusiastic or optimistic about the way things are going, despite that 5-2 win. I don't know if you saw, Kian. I don't know where you want to start. I imagine with the Barca news, the Ansu news. But anyway, how you doing? Well, I think you. I think if we had recorded yesterday, you probably would have been a little bit enthusiastic. I think a couple of days pass. You have like videos of Griezmann crying. You have Griezmann's True. agent saying stuff. You have the fatty injury. <laughs> I shouldn't have given you that information. I didn't even know about it until you told me before recording. Um, but um, big day. I mean, this this had the potential to go either way, right? Because if you look at Betis, you look at Valencia. As we have said, and you have brought up on the podcast, you know, Valencia, the booby trap at the Mestalla has been a little bit overblown in the past couple of years. But I had to think of you throughout years. that match. <laughs> you cursed it. Yeah, or I, like, I cursed uh, it for I bringing it back it. up. Either way, it worked in your favor. I think with Betis, 5-2 against Betis is such a, such a perfect scoreline because that just makes sense. If, if Betis is involved and Barcelona is involved, I wouldn't have been surprised. If you told me 5-2, before the game, but didn't tell me who won. I could have pictured it easily being Betis. I could have right. easily pictured it being Barca just because it's Betis and Barca together. It's two teams who will just go yeah. at each other and not really care about defense. Like, I think mm-hmm. one of the striking things about watching that Barca game on the weekend was it's just so easy to create chances against Real Betis. It's like, oh, one sequence, it's Fati cutting in from the left and shooting. One sequence, it's Griezmann popping up and, and having a great chance. And it was just back and forth. And 
and you know, and Betty's the other way had their their moments too. Although I don't think they they threaten nearly as much. They did have their moments, and Alex Moreno, you know, himself, he got in behind PK and and uh, and Sergio Roberto a couple times. But why don't we just start there since we're already talking about it? We no need to shift gears too much here. We can we can stay on the natural path. You're going through that that game like fifth gear, man. You were going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, channel the energy. Let's channel the energy. So, <laughs> congratulations. Congratulations well, on listen. bouncing back and doing the intro for the first time in a long time. I can't remember the last time you did the intro, so congrats. Yeah, I think it's been like a week or two, maybe three. Uh, it's, uh, it's well, I mean, of course I'm going to do the intro. I have to do the introduction after uh, what can only be described as uh, factually an historic loss for Real Madrid over in the Mestalla. And like I said, we'll get into that. But I had, you know, my thoughts were out going out to you thinking I cursed it. Uh, but Betis, Barca, you know, you assessed it perfectly. I think this match, if any, you would have said who would have won 5-2, you could have picked either team. And, and uh, you even almost, I feel, downplaying Betis's chances and real chances weren't it uh, for really, again, the, 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 just the, the brilliant performance of Marc-Andre Ter Stegen and uh, a really frazzled, dazzled Barca defense that just looks frail right now. Um, but Barca also, you know, we had our chances. It goes without a shadow of a doubt. Massive Griezmann chances that, again, on any other day, you just hope uh, or, or wait. You're just waiting for these to go in, man. And it's like chance after chance that is being missed, even from, you know, penalties that are being missed at this point from Antoine Griezmann. So, I don't know how deep you want to go into the Griezmann topic. I don't know how deep I can go into the Griezmann topic topic myself. But I just feel like, you know, people talking about the crying or his supposed crying as he walked off of the field. I think it was at halftime. Uh, well, it must have been at halftime. And then, of course, also his eight or ex-agent, rather, uh, coming out and talking smack and talking all kinds of shit. And, 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 and Lisa Razou as well about the French national team, how he's better there, more appreciated. <laughs> too many Griezmann apologists are out there at the moment. And, um, you know, rather than Dembele being subbed off consistently now after 60, 70 minutes, when are we, my question is, when are we going to see Dembele playing full 90 minutes? Because I think he deserves that. And I, deserve, I think other people also deserve to be getting more minutes and be out on, on that field as opposed to Griezmann because Griezmann's getting a whole bunch of minutes. He's getting a whole bunch of chances as well that somebody of his stature just needs to be finishing at this moment. Not even the penalty. You can miss penalties, man. But I knew, and I think everybody knew, that he was going to miss that penalty. In fact, he had, been, he had missed the three previous penalties uh, 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 leading up to that fourth penalty. This is fourth consecutive penalties uh, misses in a row. And I need to fact check myself because I, th- I think I overheard this on the radio and I should have fact checked this before actually putting it out there as, a, as an actual fact. So uh, I don't know if in the meantime, I want to hand it back to you and I'll make sure to double check because I, I think that's a responsible thing to do, Kian, as journalists, no matter if we work for the club. Putting out something like that is is very telling. It's muy llamativo, as you say in Spanish, but it's a fact. Right now, Griezmann is just not going uh, 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 through a good moment. And I think people coming out defending that is also the wrong... You're being an apologist for the man. He... I, don't, I forget how much he earns. He earns... He's one of the top earners of, of the club. I think it's 35 net, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's won World Cups. He's you know been star player at his previous team as well in, in, at Atlético de Madrid. He's won big, important trophies. Again, something we 
reiterate from the past as well. He's often claimed that he sits at the same table as players like Leo Messi or Ronaldo. In order to do that, you're going to have to start making your chances um, and not have people speak on your behalf, but doing the talking you yourself out on the pitch. Um, anyway, I, I'm going on a Griezmann rant and I don't want to, you know, I'm making this very personal or, or, or kind of singling him out for Barca mistakes that, that you know, I think is a big factor, but we cannot single him out and say he's the only factor. You know what I mean? Um, the defense is a problem. It's very clear. Uh, this, this team is unstable at the moment. Um, Ansu is out. It gives also the chance, of course, to, to be others uh, in that starting lineup. I'll be very interested to see a front three made up of, of, of you know, uh, Dembélé, Trincao, um, you know, Messi as maybe number nine and Coutinho in the, in, behind him. Uh, I think that would be something interesting at this point to see. And, and I hope Kuman will continue to, uh, <laughs> you know, experiment and rotate and, and, and base his once uh, titular, his, his starting 11 on meritocracy. Uh, put it that way. And I'm gonna fin- I don't, how long have I been going ranting for, Kian? I'm sorry, my man. I'm sorry. A, 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 a couple hours, it feels like. Uh, well, look, we're gonna, we're probably gonna My see. I'm, I'm kidding. We're we're probably gonna see uh, those lineups you suggested with the without Fati now. I mean, I think you're gonna see a lot of Dembele, Pedri on the wings with Messi up top, throwing Pedri, Griezmann. Of course, yeah. Uh, I, I, this is a, and you, you, you asked earlier when is Dembu's gonna kind of get some more playing time, maybe some starts and full nineties. I think now is the time without Fati where we're gonna see a lot of it. This is a hectic, hectic schedule, relentless football, no breaks anywhere. And so we're going to see a lot of that. But I I think with Griezmann, I was joking earlier when I said, you know, Griezmann crying and stuff, because I was like you, I was looking at that video. I was like, where are the tears? How do you come away so conclusively with evidence that he's crying? (laughs) He just, he looks, look, he looks, he looks a little bit sad. I won't lie. But who are we to say what is going through his head and who's what, what's not going through his head? Like I, I said, Kian, he looked like a guy who had who had been missing some sitters, some very big chances, and a yeah. penalty. Uh, it was, was also it, was a three-second smiling. Clip. It was literally three seconds of yeah. just, I was waiting for like, this is like, okay, now he walks in the locker room, the camera follows him, we see him just burst into tears. It was none of that. Anyways, <laughs> um, I do think... Match day style. I, I do think um, his performance, you know, like those chances he's missing... The most notable outside of the penalty was also the um, the one where he cuts in the first half in the box and he goes just wide. Yeah. That was yeah. a good chance. It was, you know, chances like that, I think it was a At good hit. At least test hit. the keeper. Sure. I think chances like that get magnified when you're already on a streak of bad misses, right? Um, if he's just missing that and it's like one of five that he's missed, it's not a big deal because actually he did a good job getting himself in that shooting position. And he, he tried to do the right things. He was trying to curl it far post. It's funny because, like, whatever you want to say about him, what I did notice about this game is that, like, you know, we always talk about, like, okay, he's in Messi's shadow, so he's playing Messi's ideal. He, his role is Messi's role. They have the exact same best position. Messi does it at a superior clip. But Griezmann, that's his role, right? He, he plays out with France. He's that roaming 10 who can kind of go interchangeable on both flanks. He can string things together. He can cut in from the right side. He can drop a little bit deeper. He can press. He can do all that, play the false nine role. So without Messi, what I noticed in that first half was that you actually at least noticed him where like there have been games prior where it's like you just don't even know he's on the field until after the game. You look at the lineup. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was on the field. What did he do? Okay, he had 13 touches in 45 minutes. He had zero shots or he had one shot where he missed. But in in that half, that first half, obviously we're talking about 
a half where Messi didn't play, didn't come in until the second half, you noticed him. Um, and I thought that was a little bit telling where at least he was involved. Now it's ironic because it wasn't until Messi comes in, Messi actually helps him get the goal to get the, to get over the hump. It's an assist. It's an assist. It was, it was genius. Without touching the ball. Well, I I thought it was incredible because when you first watch it in real time, it just looked like Messi couldn't connect with it or like there was just no way he was getting to it. The replay is like, oh, he very, very intentionally just lets the ball slip through him. It's nasty. I honestly can't think of many players, if any, in that situation would have had the same awareness, the same kind of just mental capacity in that split players. second yeah. to, to do that. Very few players. And that was important. So ironically, you know, while we say Griezmann maybe needs to play without Messi, uh, it wasn't until Messi came on where, where he got Griezmann that, that goal. So I, I don't know. Listen, uh, the Griezmann thing has been an ongoing thing. Maybe that's, maybe that's the goal that he needed. And, uh, and maybe things will be different now. I don't know. And this fatty thing, you know, I think a lot of Barcelona fans are spinning it in a way like, well, the silver lining is more, more minutes for Dembu's, more minutes for, for Pedri. That's great. I, I, don't dis- I don't discount that. But Fatih was at playing at such a high level. That, that's really going to sting your offense to, to a certain degree, at least. I mean, three, four months is no joke. Is it three? You said four or five. I thought it was three, four. But either way, let's, let's average that and say four. It's a, it's a big blow. So I, 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 sorry, I, I've been listening to what you've been saying. I've been trying to, frantically to look for how many penalties, consecutive penalties, Griezmann had missed. Because again, I, I, I feel responsible to at least fact that checked that bit uh, before putting out such a statement. And I, I, I just can't find it at the moment. Uh, but with regards to Ansu, I will keep looking though. I'm going to make this my mission. Um, it's a massive miss. However, and this is the other stat that I wanted to pull up for you, Kian, which I think is going to be surprising. So whether he'll be out three or, or four months, I think it will be, I mean, right now the average is four, right? Uh, it could be longer, it could be less. You could experience setbacks and, uh, or he could recover quickly. In either case, I hope they take their time. Um, besides that, the stat that I wanted to pull up with regards to Ansu, the way the team plays when Ansu's with them and the way the team plays when Ansu's without them. With Ansu, Ansu's already played 43 games, Kian. Pretty remarkable that, no? Would you Not expect? bad. Not bad for a kid. It's a lot, it's a lot more than I, already, uh, than I had expected. Now, the team has played 17 games without Ansu Fati. Out of the 43 games, they have won 55.8% of the time. Without Fati, the 17 games, the team has won 82.4% of the time. The goals... With Ansu, two goals per game. Without Ansu, 2.7 goals per game. It goes against with Ansu, 1.2. Without Ansu, 0.8 goals per game. Well, I think we all agree, listening. I'm not trying to say that this team is better off with Ansu. It was just a stat that was, uh, they mentioned it on, on, in here on uh, one of the Spanish uh, football talk shows. And it was something that was, I thought was interesting to point out, at least. It's never, I would have never expected it. And again, I'm not insinuating that I don't want to have Ansu on my team. Don't get, don't get it twisted. This team is clearly better with Ansu. However, these are the stats at the moment as well. Okay, I was going to say, because those numbers to me didn't seem that, that much in, in Ansu's favor. Because I thought that was the point you were going to make. It's like, 
check this out. No. Without Ansu, Barcelona melts and they fall apart and they collapse. No, it's the opposite. It's the complete opposite. Well, that's... For the viewers uh, at home, they can see it. Yeah. I mean, look, that, what, what are you going to take away from those stats? I, I don't... I see it. Uh, well, the, the viewers can see it, I guess. The but, viewer, yeah. Um, I don't think you can read too much into that. I mean, like... 43 games, If anything, what I want to do with this is maybe try to lift the spirits of all of us coolers that are feeling mm. a little depressed at the moment. Say, hey, maybe it's not going to be all that bad without Ansu. The numbers show that it, the team has done all right without Ansu. This is uh, like when, uh, so. when Kawhi left the Raptors and everyone, all the people were like, hey, it's not that bad. Like you guys played without Kawhi this amount of games and you actually won like almost all of them. So you'll be fine. It's like similar vibes, similar vibes. Fati, Fati uh, not playing. But, you know, listen, uh, Dembele being back is huge, I think, because, you know, as much as Pedri's been good, uh, as much as Trincao is promising, I I don't know, he's not, he hasn't played at at that high of a level yet, if you ask me, but he's been good. (laughs) But Dembele gives you a more like-for-like replacement in losing Fati. And, and Lord knows, since losing Neymar, you need somebody like that, a winger who just takes players on uh, because Messi is the only one who's dribbling through players right now. So, yeah, so that, exactly. that, that's something that you guys need. And, and, having, and listen, knock on wood, coming from a Maradista, I really hope that Dembele is, is healthy, right? Um, too many times you, you, we've seen Dembele just come and go because of health issues. And even Fatih, like, you know, we all want Fatih to be healthy. So speedy recovery there for, for Fatih as well. I can't stand the disrespect that Dembele has to put up with as well here nationally, man. Like, honestly, he's become a joke for the journalists. And it's, it is very irritating and just straight say? out, flat out disrespectful. Ah, they're just talking about how much of a disaster he is. He's like, he's a disaster. Uh, you know, uh, nothing, nothing works out for him. He's got this really awkward, weird dribble and a way of dribbling past players and using two legs. It's so weird. You know, it's instead of seeing it as something quite, you know, well, beautiful and, and, and just unique. It's, it's the way it's true, the way he dribbles, the way he has control over the ball with both of, it, both of his legs, the way that he can shoot with both of his feet um, is, is remarkable. And it, it, it's sometimes his regates, like his dribbles, come out, like work out well. And other times he loses, you know, he dispossesses the ball. But I feel like they just, they're hawkish over that, man. They, like, they look out for it um, much more than, than, than seeing the positives and the good sides. And now, exactly like you said, he's having a string of good results, good performances. Praise that in, the, in this boy, this young kid, who, is, who's just, who could be a unique and marvelous football player. And we should be more protective of that. And, and, and like I said, on the flip side of that, you know, they will... I, I put out a tweet. I said, imagine if Griezmann was, or, or if Dembele would have missed all the chances that Griezmann is missing at the moment. I don't even want to imagine like amount of shit that this kid will be getting from the press here. And that in and of itself is just, it's just wrong. I've always been a fan of like the players with that kind of agility, like that kind of street football and one esque, like just, it's so fun to oh, watch yeah, when yeah. you're good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the range right? of motion of it's players exactly, like him. Like players like him and, and even like players like Di Maria, just he's in the top, he's on my he's on my mind because we were talking about him last week. Like that kind of agility mm-hmm. where like the range of motion with in which they move is so unique. I always found that's kind of style of football fun to watch. Um and this goes mm-hmm. back to his it Dortmund is. days where he was so fun to watch totally. at Dortmund. Like really, really like I I I'll never forget like him Injuries. a sense. 
him, Asensio, and Mbappe were like the three front runners of that age group at that time, like three years ago, where it's like these guys are going to be like the future. Obviously, Mbappe kind of took the mantle, and Dembele has been unhealthy, and Asensio has been in the funk for a while. So football changes, but you know, uh, Dembele. I, I won't I won't give you any I won't add any Dembele slander. Um, no, let's. Did you have any other Barca stuff? Did you want to talk about? Um, other Barca stuff. Well, I could talk Barca all day, my friend. Uh, but since you mentioned his name, Asensio, uh, maybe it's a good transition point because I was wondering. <laughs> well, I know, just what, I'm just glad really? because the new Diego, what's up with my boy. The new Diego has come to the podcast with all this homework about all these La Liga teams, which means we don't even have to talk about Real Madrid anymore. Like, it's just not a talking point anymore. Unless they win the Champions League, and then we can, we can dedicate some time on the podcast to Real Madrid. But, don't joke. Uh, don't joke with that. But uh, we, do, we that. do have to have an Atletico segment at some point in this podcast because they're just flying right now. But Of course. Um, they're, they're, hey, let's talk about it right now if you want. Because yeah. in my opinion, and I'll... You can record me now. Uh, what is it? Oh, we're recording. Uh, November 10th. November 10th, 6.42 p.m., of course. Not, not a.m. Canadian time over here. No. Uh, Atletico de Madrid will be La Liga champions of 2020-2021 season. I think... Okay. Uh, it's on the record. I actually don't I think, dispute you know, it. Hey, I... I, I I don't want Atletico games to end. Uh, I've noticed at the moment, like these these past two games. This is just a, is a, this is like such a 2020 feeling. conversation. <laughs> the world is falling apart. Is a, a pandemic has taken hold of the world. Atletico are fun to watch. Marcos Llorente is striker. Marcos Llorente is banging in goals. Uh, the young Portuguese youngster uh, Felix is banging in some awesome goals. He's just really, yeah, blossoming into an awesome player, man. One, uh, one to, to just be consistently watching and, and appreciating at this time because before you know it, he'll be, you know, in his mid-late 20s and you'll have forgotten his heyday, that time when he played at Atletico when he was a youngster now and just, you know, producing some really, really good moments of football and great, you know, responsibility, great. He's, he's explosive. He's got it all. I uh, and I really enjoy, and 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 Suarez next to him is a great partner, man. I think Suarez couldn't have gone to a better team. He would have made a mistake going to Juve, um, some other has been team. You know what I mean? That's struggling. I mean, this is a team on on, on the up, on the up and coming. In fact, and I'll tell you here. Talk about stats. Another one I, I I had made for you and our listeners because oops, I cannot show that picture. Uh, oh, now you have to show that picture, whatever that was. <laughs> no, that, that patrons need need to pay pay up for that was it picture. A, was, it, was it a churro? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a churro pic. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you can see this, but for right now, at the moment, Luis Suarez and Joao Felix combined for a total of ten goals. The last time mm. that happened was Costa and Villa also combining for a total of 10 goals after the same amount of matches. Now, that was in the year 2013-14. You know mm. what year that was? 2013-14. That Correct. was the decimal year. That was, I can, I, any, what else? What oh, else? Atletico made the final. That was the year Atletico, Atletico became champions. La Liga champions. Ah, okay. Yeah, that, 
that probably slipped by me that year because it was decimal year. Didn't care. <laughs> um, Bad, man, who cares about that? Well, you, that stat that you brought up was interesting too because in the first graphic, you had Costa eight goals, Villa two goals. This one, it was more distributed. Five goals for Zhao, five goals for, for Suarez. Correct. Uh, one thing that I think has been really interesting about Atletico is that, you know, one of the concerns for, for Zhao Felix that we had was like, well, there was a, if you just rewind the tape for a bit, as you like to do, rewind the tape, rewind the tape all the way back to, uh, to, uh, when Zhao Felix was first time for Atletico for that insane amount of money. Everyone was like, well, this is like off of six months of football sample size. We have no idea what this means. His stint at Benfica is running the Europa League. What does that mean for Atleti? Replacing Antoine Griezmann. Yeah. Uh, I thought he, I always liked his play stylistically, just his, the way he touched the ball, obviously the way um, he moved. It was kind of like Kaka in a way. I always enjoy that kind of style of football. And uh, Kaka, pre-Madrid. You should, you should mention. Kaka pre Madrid and like maybe five times with Madrid, like two, five, ten second, uh, ten, ten second movement. You're being generous. Yeah. Uh, well, lost my train of thought with Kaka. Well, so, okay, oh, Jao. Okay, right. He's coming in a style of football that is not known to get wow. the best out of offensive players. Are you correcting my Jao pronunciation? Is that no, what you No, I just said? like saying his name, Jao. Oh, okay. okay. No. Uh, Portuguese but accent is that. not one you can correct me on. Not because I'm da- I have it down, but because I'm sure that you don't have it down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, my Portuguese accent is spot on. My Brazilian Portuguese accent is spot on. I love it. Uh, so I think with, with Atleti, like, un- un- unless you're like someone like Angel Correa who can, who can like yeah. literally be a flamethrower of, of energy in specific moments, you don't really get your offensive... Um, your offense noticed too much in a, in a team like Atleti. And Griezmann, again, was, was a type of player who did excel in that, in that role, but it was also very comfortable without the ball for long spurts. And, and, and we, we all had to, to see if Zhao would get comfortable with that. What was interesting is that this season, and we always say like Diego Costa, the moment he tries to change his style of football and be more attacking, it doesn't suit Atleti. It just doesn't work. And it, at times this season, it hasn't worked. But... That's just kind of an eye, eye test type thing. Their record in the league speaks for itself. They're comfortable. They haven't, they haven't lost yet. They're the only team in the league who hasn't lost yet. And Zhao's touches like, are dramatically more than previous, previous, season, uh, previous season touches. Robbie Dunn wrote about this for Into the Calderon over the weekend after the, after the win against Cadiz. Um, where he, I, I think it was like something like his touches have, per game have gone up almost 20 per game. So he's actually become like a fulcrum of Atleti's offense and everything is going through him. But also just the way he touches the ball, the way he moves with, with and without it has been really impressive. And I can't, listen, everybody knows I, I was a huge Marcos Llorente fan all the way back to his Castilla days and then his Alaves days and then his Real Madrid days and his Solari. And I tried to get, I tried to write columns and do all these podcasts to convince them. See that wasn't hearing it. Sold him to Atleti. Did not have a great first year at, at Atleti, other than uh, his goal against Liverpool and some moments last season. This season, he's just completely different role, different kind of dynamic. Just watch him play. He's so fun to watch in that new role. And one of the things that struck me about, well, he scored first of all, but he also had an assist to Zhao Felix early, where 
the um, the Cadiz goalkeeper comes out, misjudges the ball, and Mar- the ball falls to Marco Llorente's feet with the goalie out of his net and a really weird angle and like a million players in front of him between him and the net. I think a lot yeah, of players would, a lot of players would have panicked in that situation. He just calculates it. He brings the ball down and his cross to Zhao was so good at the far post. I was really impressed just with that play, but his performance overall, this was really good from Atleti. It's been good from Atleti. So I don't, I don't dispute your claim about the prediction for the league. I, I, obviously, it's early, but one of the concerns that people are going to have with Atleti is that, well, can they sustain this by the springtime or will they fizzle out? I don't have many reasons to think they will fizzle out. Their depth, their depth is, is pretty good. But one thing that would concern me is that if you, if you have, if you have um, an injury to one of their very, very key players, such as, you know, their central midfielders can be replaced because they have so many of them. Like if you get an injury to Saul or Koke, um, you can kind of piece that together. Now that they have Kondogbia, Torreira had a good, good, good game over the weekend too. Um, it's been if, good as well. If you lose someone like Correa, you have someone like Carrasco. Um, I think a Suarez inj- a, an injury to like Suarez or Jao Felix, maybe even Llorente would, would, would derail their hopes. But, you know, we can say that about any team, really. I mean, if you have an injury to Messi. Any team, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I think, and I like, think, and, I think and, they can be there in the springtime. I think so. Look, I think they have the right combination of, you know, guys who are ambitious and hungry and just playing good right now. You look at the team and look the way that they're, they're interacting as well. You got Koke, who's, you know, seems genuinely uh, excited as well, just playing at, executing at a very high level uh, on a consistent base, which is kind of what we've been missing as well from players who have been there for a little bit longer um, and it kind of settled in a sort of a funk where we didn't see Atletico evolve into that team that was meeting our expectations uh, and had to suffer through, you know, nil-nil draws or one-nil wins. Um, and that seems to be taking a turn for the better at the moment. And, and uh, it's exciting to see. And, you know, they were playing at Cadiz. Don't forget, Cadiz, who they put four past. Uh, this was on the last podcast I mentioned how Cadiz had matched the record set by Real Madrid previously, where I think if they went four or five away games without conceding any goals and, and winning. So, um, you know, th- this was Cadiz that was very good on the road and yep. simply dismantled by, by, by Atletico de, de Madrid. So, I don't know. They, for me, yeah, I, I, I understand it's early days and, 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 and very early days and a lot can change uh, depending on many, many factors. But, Let's just say that they're a team that I, like, I really enjoy watching at the moment, uh, along with others, you know, Real Sociedad, who continues to win as well. But this Atletico team, I think, they had the experience. They've got a good combination of experienced player. You add somebody like Luis Suarez. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to talk about the experience of Luis Suarez. He's been there everywhere. Uh, so we know that he can deal with it. And, and, and the way they're combining also the midfield, and, and the, but the guys themselves at the front three, you talked about uh, Llorente assisting um, uh, Joao. Joao also assisting uh, Llorente. And, of course, Luis Suarez as well, assisting him. And he's putting, uh, uh, you know, the goals away. It's just a really good combination they got going there, man. All right. Now is the time, my friend. Whatever you want to say about wow. Real Madrid, get it off your chest. Get your R's out. Roll your R's out. It's a big, <laughs> big weekend for you. Man, it was, it was really good. I really enjoyed watching this match. I have to say it was, it was, oh, 
just poetic almost, you know, it was seeing so many VAR decisions, penalties <laughs> go against Real Madrid. And then how Rite, shocked were you? you, know, do you, do you well. So what happened? Do you think that maybe, maybe Florentino's check bounce before the game? <laughs> for that one? Is that what happened? Uh, that must have been the case, you know, that has to be, <laughs> you know, who is it? Uh, Maybe they were like, Florentino, you check bounce. You got to send an e-transfer. If we don't get an e-transfer until by by noon here, (laughs) can't. We got to give some penalties against you. (laughs) He called Florentino. Said, "Hey, Florentino, you hear that? Listen, you hear that?" That Florentino's like, "No." He's like, "Yeah, me neither." That's the sound of my wallet without any money in it. Change it. Maybe that's why Barcelona announced they were like 800 million euros in debt because they all had to they had to send an e-transfer before uh, before the Valencia game to make sure that Marcelo's penalty stands among other things. That's probably it. <clears throat> Look, man, it, it, I, I got to tell you, VAR is a beautiful thing when it's applied correctly, and uh, <laughs> we can go into each decision. <laughs> we can go into each decision, oh boy. and um, you know. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you right now. I don't think Marcelo should have deserved a penalty called against him. Okay. Other than that, they're all, they were all the right decisions. Other than that. Yeah, I, that, that's, that's, that's probably the right, the right take. And, it, you know, and I say, I, I, obviously, there's people that argue that it was the right decision on Marcelo. Prestigious people, referees, journalists, etc., from both camps. I don't. I think that's a hard, this harsh decision, and the they both go for the ball. Uh, who was it, Marcelo and um, uh, who the fuck? Who was it from Valencia? This disputing the ball. I forget now. Uh, Maxi Gomez. Maxi Gomez, right? And um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's a it's a dispute for the ball. And and I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else. The claim of their the foul on Isco leading up to the Asensio to Asensio to Asensio yeah. leading up to the what what was it the the two one that was I I think that was the Varan goal I think I may be mixing them up in either case I I haven't seen so that was so I'm happy to admit this all the calls were right. Except for the Marcelo one, I think that was incorrect. There shouldn't have been a penalty called. Now, then after I saw these, or there's talks of the foul on Asensio leading up to the, I think there was the 2-1. I haven't seen enough takes of that to definitively say that that attack or that foul led up to the attack. Because that, uh, what I understood of the rules is, you know, what the referee takes into account when, when you know, checking bar, et cetera, whether to call the foul or not. So, you know, I don't know if you have anything to say about that. But. I, I've seen it a few times. I don't think it's definitive either way, also either. Um, I think Asensio was was a little bit dangling on the ball a little bit too long as well. He did. I think some of it is just on him being careless with it, milking it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and and I would just what I would do here in this situation. I would I would bring up two things. I was like, well, the Marcelo penalty put the game a little bit more out of reach, right? Um, which was unfortunate. Having said that, it doesn't. I like to look at the more big picture stuff here. I don't know. Like you look at some of these defensive sequences on that penalty, the very penalty Marcelo conceded that shouldn't have been a penalty, just a shambolic mess. Right. Like just the everything leading up to that 
Modric, Asensio defensively leading up to that. Baran has had some had, had weird, weird lapses over the past couple of years. Um, the, the, the Ramos handball just at that point was just comical. It was like, <laughs> what do you, what do you even do with that? Like, you know, it's like, you just kind of laugh. You have to laugh at that. I had a lot of Real Madrid fans it. looking at that and being like, well, it's not his fault. He, he went to hit Maxi Gomez, uh, a hit, uh, was, who was he? Uh, I don't remember who he was guarding now even. Anyway, uh, was it, was it, Musa? was it Chetty? I think it was. Yes, it was. Okay. Was so I don't know. A lot of Real Madrid fans were saying, well, he was just trying to hit ex Valencia player instead, but then the ball bounced up, which means he hit the ball. Like, okay, fine. But if you look at his swinging motion, he wasn't just trying to hit. If, if he was trying to hit, he wasn't just trying to hit. He was trying to literally no. punch him like Wolverine. He was, it was like such a forceful punch. It was Musa, Musa, Musa. Musa. So I, either way, what you want to absolve Ramos or of blame or not, say it was an accident or whatnot, it's up to you. Uh, I just, it, Ramos is Ramos. is one of the greatest defenders of all time. Uh, I, ch- I choose to very much accept his greatness and... And I will live with these little moments of Ramos things, right? I would just, it's Sergio freaking Ramos. So I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, this is all Ramos's fault. Obviously it's not, but I just, I could do nothing but laugh in that moment. And like, what, like, what that, is that, it, was, it was over by then. It was, yeah, it was over, over by then. That was the thing. Um, <clears throat> now some interesting questions arising. So Ram just upcoming schedule. Mm-hmm. We, we did this with Barcelona. I think a few, a few weeks ago where we're like, okay, they have yep. Sevilla, Getafe, mm-hmm. Uh, you had Juve. Turned out to be Juve was the easiest game because Juve, Juve kind of sucks, let's be honest. And mm-hmm. they were playing without yeah. Ronaldo. Uh, yeah. Now Real Madrid's schedule, it's like, I don't have it in front of me off the top of my head. It's, it's Villarreal and then I'll it go. It you have it? I'll pull it up in, in a second. I think it goes Villarreal and then... Uh, Here we go. Uh, Villarreal, Inter, yeah. Alaves. Alaves is so the easiest one. Inter. Yeah, but keep <laughs> right. going, keep going. It, 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 oh, it, it's okay, tough. hold on. All right, all right, hold on. Uh, okay, here. So Villarreal away, Inter away, Alaves at home, Shakhtar away, Sevilla away, Gladbach then at home, and then Atletico at home. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. pretty tough. It's yeah. bitter. So it's a neon It's yeah. spicy. <clears throat> and even those champions against Shakhtar and Borussia, we know they're going to be tough. We. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to be top, they're going to be important. Let's put it that way, okay? Yeah. Hazard yeah. and Casemiro recovering from COVID. Also, the international break helps here, which is buying us some time. Um, Fede Valverde out with... Uh, yeah, for a month. Yeah, with a, a broken foot or something. I don't, sorry, I don't, I don't remember the exact uh, in- injury. Um, and then you have Benzema. Hopefully, we'll be back for the Villarreal game, although it's unsure. So, mm. it's going to be a little tough string of games. I, so, I'm looking at a couple things. Can we rely on Martin Odegaard now to come in in Fede's absence and help pull some strings together, help with some the team's verticality, help with some of the team's mo- movement, help with some of the team's buildup, press resistancy, all that snaz. I, I'm really looking at Odegaard here with a, with a keen eye. Uh, if Benzema misses the Villarreal game, Will we see Mariano or Jovic fill in? Or will we see something different with Rodrigo as false nine? Just things I'm, I'm looking at. And 
And I'm luckily Jovic will be available and not in jail. So yeah, yeah, that uh, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he would rather be in jail at this point. <laughs> maybe 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 in jail it's better than and than uh, than uh, seeing Mariano <laughs> being called in jail him. with COVID. It maybe in jail. He's like, give like, me COVID and put me away. Uh, poor poor Jovic. A lot of this isn't his fault, um, but some of it is. A lot of it isn't. So, oh, oh, oh. Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, based on what you've been seeing from the team, it's it's funny, you know, because Madrid. What was it? Ever since the Clasico and before this Valencia game, it's been on sort of parade mode again. Uh, obviously, also eating, beating Inter, um, and then tying in a heroic fashion against. I don't know, was it Shakhtar? Uh, but, but, but now is this like opening up a wound that has been there, that has been sitting there, that has been rotting there for a while, um, that, you know, it's kind of like, oh shit, these, these string of games are going to define our season. I don't know about that, but if I, if I were to, to follow along with the, the wound analogy here, the wound has been, it's been the same wound that has existed since 2018. If you ask me, it did not. Mm. Some of it, some of it was kind of stitched back up in the title, the title, uh, the title run last season after quarantine. That was huge, but the offensive problems didn't that go away. It was the defense, though, right? It yeah, was the yeah. defense, which has again melted again this season. And but who's to say that it won't get back to where it was? I mean, that defense didn't get sorted until it was the winter time, where it got sorted around that time last season, and continued to be sorted until the end. Um, but I think the wound, the wound is still the wound. It's still kind of like patched up with, with things, right? I think the, the moment the, the wound comes like gushing out and it's just like it goes from a wound to like this just big gash of like guts hanging out. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that'll happen like after a bad classical loss or after a bad Champions League exit. I think that, that's when it'll happen. It won't happen now. The wound will become a, a big gushing wound if they don't call off from the group stage. Guts, like the, the, the gazelle will still be like, like crawling with the guts kind of scraping over the floor, the Sahara desert somewhere, and then come a classico or a big Bayern in the Champions League and yeah. really rips the guts out. That's when it's going to, shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. Because I, like, so. I say that, I make that analogy because it's just so apparent that the, that, you know, the problems there are there, right? And, and uh, I mean, I get the economical, you know, the financial uh, constraints and issues, obviously, that all the clubs are suffering. You know, that's obvious, right? We don't yeah. need to look too far. But um, can, I, can I just also provide that, the... It, it, it still yeah. su- surprises me, just to finish, it still surprises me that uh, Florentino Perez, the almighty, opted not to make any moves over the summer. None. Well, we know why. I mean, it's because of the, the financial situation and... And yeah, whatnot. But, but still, it's, it, surely something could have been done. Some movement could have been done. Well, Odegaard was, I mean, the movement. I agree with you. More could have Odegaard been done. Odegaard was brought in. Uh, more could have been done, yes. Um, you got to be critical. Like, I feel there's like no, you know, you got to be critical. Florentino, hashtag Florentino out. Or is, does that hashtag even exist? Bad idea. Bad idea. More, more, uh, just but the, the more, more the more that could have been done, the more that could have been done would have been something like 
maybe you should have probably you sh- not 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 maybe you you should have brought Regulon back this summer, unless it was like absolutely impossible to move on from Marcelo. Um, you you really should have. Marcelo is a liability, and so Atraf is a little bit more debatable because I don't know if he would have wanted to stay. Regulon literally said yesterday that. I didn't get a chance to have a say. Like, I, no one talked to me. I didn't get to talk to Zidane. It wasn't my choice. And for that reason, I'm at peace with it because I only can control what I can control. If the club didn't want me, then the club didn't want me. So what can I do? So that, that was a telling quote. But on what team, on what team that you can think of would Reguilón not be a starter? Real Madrid. I'm trying to go through. Possibly with Mendy there. Uh, but that's besides the point because we knew he still would have gotten valuable minutes that Marcelo was getting. On what team would he not be a starter? Possibly Liverpool, um, Bayern. I, I, I don't know. It's just off the top of my head. Anyways, the other thing here I wanted to mention was the, the other perspective. This of is going to take too long for me to research. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think we got the, the obvious ones, Liverpool and Bayern. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the, the, the flip side of this is that I also want to provide a different perspective here and that like everyone's talking about Zidane and all the things and, and the wounds and stuff. The Valencia defeat in a way was, a, it wasn't, it's not that it was a fluke. It's Valencia deserved their victory, but just the, the perspective that this was a very weird game where you can see three penalties and you, and you have really four bad defensive sequences, a couple others, but those are the main four. And you're vulnerable defensively and your offensive issues didn't get any better. I mean, there was a little bit more fluidity in the team's buildup. There was a little bit uh, less stagnation in, in, in the movements of Isco, Asensio, and Vinicius. But, but Vinicius wasn't good again. Um, Rodrigo, Rodrigo may be an option to look at there. But the point is that the 4-1 against Valencia is not going to be the defining moment of this season, and the team has plenty of time to recover. You know, After this upcoming schedule, we'll see where the team is at. We'll see if the team can qualify from the championship group stage. They should be able to, and if not, then God help us all. But I don't think it, this, this talk of like Zidane in trouble is way, way too premature at this point in that it, nothing is going to happen right now at this at this stage of the season so i you know it's 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 not that it's one game only it's not one game it's two years of problems but also this one game against valencia was a little bit weird and that the way that was unfolded was it it kind of magnified a scoreline that if you replay it nine times out of ten it's not going to be four one because just the way the ball bounced the way the defense dealt with certain situations was kind of weird and valencia didn't do outside anything outside those four sequences Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle the scoreline or, or diminish it. It obviously magnified well, some of the teams. Yeah. Plus, but it, it, this, it, this game, could be, we could be singing a different tune by Christmas is my point. No, listen, that the things will change. For sure they will change. Uh, you know, Real Madrid in that sense is... If they, you know, people are discarding... I don't know what you're alluding to, whether it's the firing of Zizou if, or we're discarding them for the La Liga title race. You know, well, you the, know, the, people have been it, talking about that stuff, right? I, I just wanted to provide perspective of like, it's way too early for that kind of talk. 
course. The only thing is, is that it's clear as well. You talk about plenty of time to uh, recuperate. I don't know if recuperate is the right word that I would use. I'd maybe say, because games are coming fast and, and, and strong in the case of Real Madrid. You just mentioned, uh, we just went over the, the next fixtures as well. The other thing that the team has is the ability to prove themselves uh, you know, twice a week for the next uh, whatever it is, you know, six months or, or how long is the season? Until May, right? Yeah, something um, like that. I do think, who knows? Um, I do think that, you know, that there are problems there. But I mean, when you look at Valencia, I have no doubt that Real Madrid will be challenging the league title. I think in Europe will be different. I think what is more interesting as well is to look at Valencia and, you know, see the things that they did well, um, who really was, it was a different kind of Valencia that came out on the night. Um, much more aggressive, I would say, in, their, in the way that they approached the game. I thought um, they were okay. I honestly didn't think they were that good, which make, maybe makes the loss even worse. But I, I think Real Madrid lost this game in every sense of the word because of their own shortcomings. I, it, we even let Car- Carlos Soler retake that first penalty. Like, what else do you want from us, Valencia? We gave them everything they wanted. They were okay. They were okay. I don't think they were that good. What do you mean by we even let the, him retake the, the penalty? Uh, well, just the, the, first, the first penalty, Soler re- missed it. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, it, the point no, is know, a little know, bit moot because, because Musa would have scored the rebound anyway. But, um, but I'm just saying, like, we gave them every opportunity. Okay, well, look, it wasn't obviously Madrid's finest performance. I thought that I saw uh, Valencia that did definitely look a little bit more inspired or a little bit more aggressive in their play on the night, which is, you know, not weird to see neither because we often see these kind of performances come from Valencia against Real Madrid when they face, you know, tougher opposition. Uh, That's what makes uh, Valencia always uh, just, you know, one of those teams that you mark on the calendar because they're tough to beat, whether it's against Valencia or when, whether it's against Real Madrid or whether it is against Barca. Um, you know, I thought that Gaia had a really good game. I mean, also was awesome. took the headlines given, I thought he had a fantastic game. I thought yeah. that, um, so obviously took the obvious headlines for the fact that he made a hat trick of penalties handing thereby Real Madrid this historic loss. And and in case the listeners don't know, historic because this is the first time that Real Madrid Madrid had conceded three penalties in one game, uh, which I don't know if they were the only La Liga teams that have ever conceded. No, I I think it was like five years or something. It wasn't, it was Mm. honestly, it was not as long as I thought it would have been, but it, it, it was like a few years, a few years. In any case, uh, I think there were positives for this Valencia side that hopefully, um, you know, Gracia can build on. Canning Lee had some good shots, some good inter- or, or some good plays yep. as well, uh, chances to score. Uh, Carlos Soler, obviously, like I mentioned, I mean, he was very. Uh, also, again, I mean, for a youngster, I think he's in his early twenty to early twenties as well. I was impressed with how he wanted to. to re- wanted to retake that penalty and ended up taking, you know, all the penalties. So good character on the, on the kid and, you know, whatever. I mean, their defense also held up well. I mean, they, it would sound like, and the other thing that Ramjur didn't make it difficult for them is that Ramjur's offense was the same kind of mundane issues. I mean, again, I, I mentioned some of the, some of the things that were a little bit better, but 
27 crosses from Modric, Marcelo, and Vasquez from those three players alone. And Paulista and Guillamon were just were just picking them away. Like it, 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 they defended well. They held up well. Real Madrid's defense is once one of the main talking points, but their offense was just bad again. And if you lose Benzema for too long, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, on another level, it's like we always say, what does Real Madrid's offense look like without Benzema? Like, where would it be? Because he's been carrying the offense. I, we don't know because we just never have seen him not play. That, that's the other funny thing about this is that what does the offense look like without him? Probably suffers. Don't get me wrong. It obviously takes a hit. But uh, I would mm-hmm. like to see some other options there. And, I, and I'm still a, a huge fan of giving some kind of continuity and rhythm to any backup striker at this point, whether it's Jovic or, or Mariano, who I, who I really like too. Um, we have a, a patron question. Do you want to get to that now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Can you hear the kids screaming in the back or what? No, I just hear rumblings. I don't, I don't know what I'm hearing. You could have told me it was anything and I would have, I would have believed you. I don't Quite know. Quite before the storm, my friend. Uh, all right. So this is a good place to almost wrap it up then. Ted Glynn says, this question is primarily for Diego and feel free to adjust or, or feel free to respond to this post in case everyone else knows this already. So maybe someone he's responded to on Patreon. I don't think so, but just in case. Prior to this season, I've only heard of Barca fans being known as Kules. There is now a banner at the Camp Nou that says, Join Coolers membership. What is the difference between Coolers? Coolers. I don't know how to say that. And Coolers. So first of all, set us straight about the, about the Coolers. Coolers. Uh, one is Castellano. The other one is Catalan. Cule is Castellano. Cooler is Catalan. Or Catalan. That, that simple? Yes, it is that simple. Cool. Come. All right. Well, vos parlar una mica en catalán. I think that is probably not necessary at this point. Maybe we can do a, a special edition, page, uh, Catalan Patreon edition, over on Patreon.com so, slash Churros y Tácticas. Just real quick, I agree. Alfonso Davies. Is a starter on his team, and I would go for yeah. I guess also your pick for Liverpool, Andrew Robertson, also would be a starter there. Yep. <clears throat> hey, um, this was fun, man. I enjoyed this little video app, this little video session of churros. Hope the viewers do too. Yep. Patreon.com/slash tacticas for a Friday bonus episode, and. We have some Spanish national teams coming up, which I'm sure will be part of the discussion. And as always, follow us at... España, Netherlands. And then España, Suiza. And then Germany. So follow us on Twitter at Churros Tacticas without the Y. Follow us on Twitter too, at Kionso, at Diego Lorin. Those are some big accounts to follow as well. Thank you so much. Diego, it was a pleasure. Yes, Chat a soon. Follow. Take care. Thank you, sir. Yes, yes. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.